and, and make things worse, I'm not even on the real network. I'm on the guest network. So it's probably half the problem. <laughs> oh, totally throttled on the guest network. That's what I do at my house. Don't tell my guests. <sighs> All right. I won't, <laughs> I won't think of that next time I'm at your house and I ask for the Wi-Fi password. Well, I won't give you the guest login. I save that for nefarious type folks who don't know if their systems are totally uh, engulfed with fecal material from the internet. Okay. Ah, speaking of which, that's a great transition. You ready? Yep. All right, here we go. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty bar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. And more weeks than not, we're joined by special guests to add additional perspective to our topics. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found on virtually any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? going to talk about some new browsers that have kind of come onto the scene with some enhanced uh, tracking, disabling, and all that kind of good stuff, and how that actually plays into some big picture things for marketers across the web, and also probably going to touch a little bit on the, uh, I think it was part four of the social media special hearings on Capitol Hill, some interesting stuff there today and throughout the hearings. And uh, just the general musings that we always do on this weekly show we call the Bob and Kevin Show. I'm Bob, and my co-host as usual, say hello. Hello. And what the hell is your name? (laughs) (laughs) My name is Kevin. Thanks for asking. All right. So what's new in the browser world, Kevin? Uh, I have a new extension in my browser for Chrome, and it is called LastPass. And uh, been been meeting to actually chat about this one. I actually got it right before the last episode. But uh, Bob, are you familiar with password managers? I am the family administrator of our family LastPass account, as a matter of fact. All right. So there's LastPass. I think OnePass is probably a dozen more pass. Yes, one password. Um, you know, I got to be honest. It took me a long time to use one. What about you? Have you have you been using one for a while? Uh, I have been using one for over a year because the family is subscription-based, and I think I just had to renew it. But I also, prior to that, got sucked into using my browser for all my passwords management. And gotcha. that seems like it might be a tiny bit sketchy now that I... Well... And then the sheer inconvenience of now you're on a different device and all those saved passwords are cached in the Chrome on your other book, right? Is is that what you're saying? You're using the autocomplete type? I think Chrome actually saves them in your account. Yes. So So it's kind of like a password manager, but that's just kind of frightening. So the main utility, I would say, of using a password manager is so that it breaks the habit of using the same password with the same email across many different sites. (laughs) Well, it it does for me. uh, It tries to. So do you use the auto-generated passwords? I do. And so I don't even know my password. I mean, truth be told, I don't even know my password on most of my sites now, which is scary, but kind of cool at the same time. 
because a if I get kidnapped by Russian operatives, uh, I'll be like, no, really, I don't know, <laughs> and they'll be like, whatever. Of course, I know my master password. I was gonna say they'll pull your fingernails out to get your master password, though. Yes, but at least I feel way better that I'm using stronger passwords and not replicatable ones because with the the advent, if you will, of Troy Hunt's have have I been pwned password database. Um, that was definitely a, yeah, I, I, I need to do something different because my password's been pwned and passwords, plural, have been pwned. You know, because I, you know, full disclosure, I had a list, a short list of ones that I would rotate and I kind of like would weight them based on, okay, this is for the really important stuff and this is for the bullshit stuff, you know, and everywhere huh, in between. Very interesting. And uh, I'm a big believer of two-factor auth. So like my GitHub, I don't know my password and you still need two-factor auth because that's kind of a big deal. If you get into my GitHub, I got some problems and I wanted to be even more secure. And another good thing is, is I have several Twitter accounts. I've got a, a parody one. I've got several parody ones. All of that are apparently not funny. Um, that is I, not true. The <laughs> caption Picard is hilarious. Oh, what are your other the, What are your other parody Twitter accounts? Um, Tom Fulton's beard. Um, oh, is, that's a blast from the past. He doesn't tweet yeah. very often. No, I haven't tweeted since some time long that ago. One, from Denmark. that one was a huge favorite. It was. It was very, uh, very spur niche. of the moment. Yes, it's very niche. Uh, I have one for Archetype, which is non-parody. Um, not, that's not a parody one. We have the Bob and Kevin one, and but also not parody. Very serious. <laughs> depends. Very serious yes, very very stiff upper lip. Um, we or the way Twitter works, you know, you can't log into more than one unless you're using TweetDeck. And so when you switch between accounts, you have to rely on Chrome caching that password or use LastPass because now I I don't. I don't have to worry about passwords and whatnot. You know, I just say, oh yeah, I just use the combination for this account here. Go boom. Done. Do you know that you can run it on your phone too? <laughs> Do I know? I have the app. <laughs> In fact, I use it quite a bit because as soon as you change the password to something way better than I was using before, all that shit stops working on your, your phone. And then it's got this really cool feature called copy password. Yep. And then you just copy paste. Now, that all being said, Bob, what do you feel about having a master password and then trusting a company to say that, no, we're not really not moving these passwords over the internet. We really don't know what your password is. Wink, wink. You know, what's, what's your feeling? I had no feeling until you just said that. <laughs> um, it's, oh my gosh, you know how it is with me. It's, it's all bullshit. Um, so there's one password to rule them all and protect the random passwords you generate. And there's a high likelihood that your one password that rules them all is probably one of the close to ones that's already been pwned already, if not in the pwned database. <laughs> so I, sorry. So I'm, I'm not real happy. No, no, sorry. It's just a necessary rule to the game. Doesn't make me happy. Well, and I apologize for hijacking today's episode again. Well, no, you've given me so many segue opportunities, but the conversation was so good fueling up to that point that I'll just kind of circle back as a, okay. a, All right. a circle back segue when keep, the time keep, comes. Keep hovering because I got more. Yes. So so LastPass to me seems like a really good idea. It's got some really cool features. I have no idea why you want to pay for it at this point because I keep going, okay, professional, my, my, my thing runs out here after 30 days. And then... 
it's like, hey, you need to upgrade. But I just look at the upgrade fish. I'm like, I don't need any of those. And the only reason the only reason why I pay for it is because you can share passwords with family members. Okay. So um, access to let's say Netflix password or let's say shared bank account password with the lady. Side note about Netflix. I really love the fact that they're like, hey, we get it. You, you guys share your username and passwords and we bill based on how many simultaneous streams. So you can do one or two. And we I, use I the family profile feature in Netflix though, too, though. So like everyone in my house has their own profile within the login. Yes, but you're also, if you're on two devices, you're limited to max of two simultaneous streams in most cases. Unless you drop so the big if, Quan like I do and get three because I have ooh. children who live in different locations. But but kudos to Netflix for going, you know what, why fight that? Let's just, right. let's so acknowledge just make it a stream-based lockdown. Right. You can share your password with 100 people, but guess what? Only two can watch at the same time. Right. And um, like DirecTV, for instance, there is no, um, you know, have to, I, I log into a lot of my Apple TV stuff with a direct TV account so I can stream basically everything on demand. I want, of course I don't have good internet anymore, but anyway, <laughs> so last pass, that's cool. Um, other thing, do you ever, do you ever back up like your, I don't know, something sensitive like your tax documents to the internet on a cloud provider? That's an interesting question and it has a complex answer since I use an online cloud-based tax service, then the answer is yes. Okay. Not what I was going for. Let's say... You, <laughs> let's no, I don't, I don't do them the old-fashioned way with pen and paper, Kevin. Come on. Well, let's... Okay. Let's go with something that... Yeah, I get it. TurboTax and all that. Uh, tax Act. You can just log in, download, call it good. Let's go with something like your 2005 taxes that you may not have or something more like a scan of your kid's birth certificate. So we don't ever photograph, share, or transport personal documents. So we don't have a scan of a birth certificate. Um, all my, like my old business tax stuff, it's paper in a vault. It's, gotcha. Yeah, I, I never did make digital copies of any of that stuff. Where I'm going with this is, is <laughs> if, I, if I were to just upload, let's say my, you know, I've got four kids, each of them have their own birth certificate, you know, and sometimes I'm requested to provide a copy. The originals might be in the lockbox at the, at the bank. You know, I'm not going to drive over there. I would like to just have it handy for whatever reason, even though it's very low chance I'll ever need these. So I put them on like a Dropbox or uh, was Amazon uh, cloud, cloud storage and you know, whatever. But before I do it, I encrypt the file before I put it up there. So I know we use Dropbox for Bob and Kevin. So imagine we scramble the shit out of a, a file and then put it there. And then we pull it off. That file is completely useless unless you have a, the algorithm and B the key to go with it. I get that part, but do places take digital copies of files? I guess they have to start all the now. time, man. I'm going through a home purchase right now. They will, they will take something written on a napkin if it checks a box. And a lot of times it does. Well, right, but I'm talking. I'm thinking like a digital copy of your birth certificate. I've, yes. I've never come across that one. What did you have to use that for? Um, let's go to a real world example. Uh, and that's what I was looking for. <laughs> cell phone company uh, needed proof that I was in the military, and there's all oh, for a discount. 
Yeah. So the proof that you're in the military has your social security number on it. It's called a DD-214. It's basically your official that this dude or dudette get discharged honorably, dishonorably, tell us about this person. And so you, that's the only authorized way, unless you're active or retired, which I'm neither. I'm just, I did six years and got out. So how do, how do we know, Kevin, you were in the military? Well, you have to have a DD-214. I, I keep the original in the safe, but I'm not going to mail the sa- in mail the original to Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, whoever, right? I'm, they say, can you upload it? And so I could pull it out of the safe, scan it every time, then delete it off my hard drive, and then wonder if somebody was hacking my machine. <laughs> Is it really off there? It's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, there, so aside all of the tinfoil hat shit, um, I also, if I put anything sensitive in a cloud device, I will encrypt it first. Is that crazy? No, that seems actually pretty smart. It seems really smart. So I don't do that for like family photos and whatnot, but anything well, with that would tw- that would borderline on crazy if you said you did it for family photos. <laughs> Except for that one that had my bare butt when I was like four years old. You know, oh. <laughs> nobody's getting that one. But I'm why? Why do you keep it? Hmm. That's exactly the question I was. Gonna ask. <laughs> okay, just for the record, there is no Kevin porn when it was a four-year-old. Okay, this is getting really awkward. Um, Not buying it. it. So anyway, I I do that and it's uh, just an extra security measure. So, you know, we're security-minded dudes, right? Um, So let's go ahead and segue, Bob. Oh, that was actually a great setup. I didn't even think we needed to say segue in there. But anyway, so security-minded dudes and there was an announcement. Was it this week or last week? It was last week on the Firefox browser update right yes so it's an update to be released is that correct or has it been released i believe it's tbd and um i think the the selling point or the the ooh the sizzle if you the will feature the feature is blocking trackers by default yes. in the browser at the browser level so kevin posted this into our show slack channel and said this could be interesting And I said, wow, this really sounds familiar. I think there might be browsers out there that are doing this. And Kevin said, yes, it's called Brave. So I went out. Well, go ahead. uh, Got to give credit. It wasn't Kevin. Well, I guess I did tell you, but actually Mark Drake, uh, I guess a friend of the show, maybe, perhaps. I don't know if he actually (laughs) listens. So Long time listener, never caller. (laughs) Possible listener, (laughs) he never calls. Um, (laughs) So anyway, continue. Sorry. So, all right, so you did come to our attention that there are other browsers that were doing this, and this one in particular is called Brave. Uh, I went to the homepage and thought instantly that Kevin would fall in love with it because the main image on the homepage has a barcode on some guy's head, I think, and it says, <laughs> you are not a product. So that's kind of a mantra that we well, had. Your data is not, oh, no, I said you are not a product, actually. And if if I tie it back to the last past conversation, at some point, we we put a lot of trust in our browser, don't we? So Hell if, yeah, we do. If it's Chrome, Edge, whatever, of course, nobody trusts IE, but that's a whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we put in a username and password, we fully expect as internet sheep that Chrome isn't saying, thank you, I'm going to remember that off-site. Because we know they, they store it locally. But what's to say with any degree of certainty that Chrome doesn't go, hey, we're going to take your username and password. We're going to put it on the server back here in uh, Mountain View, California. 
trust us, we're Google, we know what we're doing. Now, I don't think they do that. So no tinfoil hat. Uh, but wait, but wait, but wait, then how does it get from one browser to another? Like my home machine and my work machine, if I log in as me as the user inside of Chrome, I have access to all my passwords and history. Well, if that's the case, that's actually a revelation to me. I didn't realize that's what you meant. And if that's the case, Z-O-M-G is what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that that is what's happening. I think unless unless it's just possible that I've logged into every place on both machines, but I don't think that's true. All right. I'm holding out faith that my raw password doesn't travel no, over I'm the sure internet any farther than it needs. So, well, I mean, when you type in password one, two, three, four, it, it leaves, and assuming we're using SSL, it leaves as password one, two, three, four in an encrypted tunnel to the destination because they need password one, two, three, four on the other side. Right. So it, it would not shock me that Google has the means to be able to say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, while you do this, we're going to also store it back here. But that also has another trust implication. The site you're dealing with they should be using, they should not be storing your password in a log, which we know Twitter was and GitHub got dinged for that reason, you know, in the last few months. And what's the chances of some rogue site doesn't just say, you know, we're going to, we are going to store your password. Security be damned. We're actually just going to sell your stuff to the highest bidder. And then we know that Bob Beatty Bar is using that same username password all over the joint. And you know what? We're just going to now start trying Facebook, Twitter, whatever, until we get um, lucky number seven comes up three times and we go, hey, we're in. And you know what? We don't have to announce that we got in. We're just in. I don't think it's even, it doesn't even have to be the sell to the highest bidder. It just could be another breach. I mean, it just, all that opens up for breach possibilities as well. All right. So so let's pull that tangent back to, okay, we put a lot of trust in browsers, right? right? So Chrome... Do you or don't you send off the password somewhere? I hope not. That's that's my hope, but you're giving me a little bit of doubt that that may not be the case. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I don't have that browser open right now, but I should check and see if there's a setting for synchronizing passwords. So Mark Drake says, hey, Kevin, there's this browser called Brave. And, you know, I've heard of Opera. That's about as like weird as it gets for me. Or no, what's the one for Linux? It's like... Starts with a K or something, and there's a Russian one. Maybe maybe that's what I'm conflating. Anyway, so when you say, here's a new browser, and it does these cool things, step one is, hey, that's cool. Step two is, yeah, but I have no way to trust this. And how do I trust that they don't just do something with all my security? So, again, we put a lot of trust in browsers. Would you trust a browser like Brave to say, hey, I'm just going to switch. I'm just going to start browsing the internet all my history, all my sketchy sites that I go to, all my usernames and passwords. I'm going to type into your app and trust that you're going to do the right thing browser I've never heard of. And I'm not picking on Brave. Right, but hang on. Uh Uh-oh. Access your passwords from any device at passwords.google.com. This sounds like breaking news. So, well, (laughs) it is. So in the settings under advanced... Um, under a bunch of stuff below auto sign in, there's password manager. You can manage your passwords and you can actually search your passwords. What? Um, but You're yeah, me, man. So saved passwords. Yep. And it's all right there. Okay. So I'm, uh, those aren't local. So you might want to check that hmm. out in your Chrome. 
Yeah. So <laughs> that reminds me of a password story. So a few years ago, I'd, I'd ping Troy Hunt. And, you know, it's one of those days where Troy Hunt pings you back. You're like, fuck yeah. Somebody who's got like more, a K number, a number in the K next to their follower account. You're like, yes, they replied to me. Yes. I think it's a hundreds of K. I, I think he's doing well. Um, but I, and you're going to be like Yahoo. Yeah. So I changed the password on Yahoo account like two years ago because long, long time ago, I, I was doing the whole Yahoo Messenger. I mean, I'm talking 10 years, no, 15 years ago, Yahoo Messenger, uh, Yahoo Mail. And then I'm like, God, I just want to, I don't know. I guess I need to get in there because somebody sent me an email to that account on something I forgot to change, yada, yada, yada. And I was changing my, resetting my password. And one of the messages that came up was, this is too close to one of your previous passwords. And I said, there you go. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I understand how you would know if I've used the password before, basically calculating the same hash. But the only way you would know that it's partially like the old password is if you were storing the old password somewhere and go, aha, this is similar to that one. Because it wasn't one of these situations where it was, okay, put in your old password, then your new password, because my, my, or your current password, and then you know, your new password twice. Right, it was before those days, probably. It was, well, it, it was doing that workflow, but it was saying it was too similar to not my current password, but one from many years ago. I'm like, mm. Yahoo, you're not making me feel good here that you know some sort of plain text values about my old password. So, But that's probably um, how those pwned databases get so hydrated full, so yeah <laughs> hydrated because it just takes a breach of one entity like that that has a historic stored passwords in unencrypted format or easily unencrypted format and then boom you're busted yeah when I, when it comes to passwords i really don't like people being clever don't be clever don't you know just just don't store my, my password in plain text but long story short last pass i'm changing i've changed all my passwords to where i don't even know them anymore and I feel good about that. I also feel terrified that I put that kind of trust in a third-party password manager. And now what you gave me about Chrome, maybe it don't matter because Chrome or Google knows my passwords anyway. Have a nice day. Well, let's, let's talk about Brave then a little bit because I've actually got that browser open as well. And uh, I've just used it today. I wanted to see some of the stuff that it was doing one of the things that it was doing that I didn't like off the bat is it was also asking if it wanted me to store passwords. Now, I don't have an account login with this browser, so my guess is that is going to be all local. That sounds, sounds reasonable. So, that yeah, so this seems like that is all local. All right, so one of the things that I wanted, to, so one of the things that Brave touts is that it blocks out of the box as well. So all tracking, it blocks tracking by default. And uh, I wanted to see, you know, like what it blocks. And so I went to one of the sites that I'm working on, um, a local volunteer site that I'm working on that I just put Google Analytics on yesterday. So this morning I fired up this new browser, went to the site, had my Google Analytics real time open, didn't show me showing up on the site, and the handy-dandy little um, toolbar icon inside of Brave, the lion, shows a little one badge on it. And you click on that and open it up, and it says, add or tracker blocked. 
and it you click on that red one and it tells you it's blocked the Google Tag Manager. So it worked. It works. And one of my first concerns as someone who does get involved with, well, first of all, let's just drop this in. The opinions of Bob and Kevin <laughs> on the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively and explicitly the opinions of said Bob and said Kevin. Thank you. Um, sometimes I get involved in dealing with some of the marketing with sites that I build. And that means, you know, looking at Google Analytics and making recommendations to my clients on their content or structure or all those kind of things. If so, Firefox just launched an upgrade or is going to be launching an upgrade that blocks tracking out of the box. This Brave browser exists. All these other browsers are going to get on board with this, except maybe Chrome because Chrome has a vested interest because Google Analytics and Google Chrome. So what, what, what do you think all this means? So I had mentioned to you earlier today that Google Analytics is almost the gateway drug of trackers because it's one of the first things people put on their site because they want this voyeurism. And I'm, I'm, I'm not immune. I want to know who's coming to my site. Where from? Is my audience you know, in my own country? Is it in a certain part of the world? Is, are they on mobile? You know, I want to know some gee whiz information. So it's very easy to see how everyone would kind of want this. Well, it's, it's gotta be the most prolific tracker. Out it's there. gotta be. Um, of course, GDPR and some cookie tracker stuff makes things easier and you can kind of make things anonymous. You know, you can, you can make some effort to do that. Um, but this browsers are really, you know, these new generation of browsers, maybe just taking that out choice right away and be like, Nope, by default, you have to, you're opted out. And then if you want to be tracked, you can. And I mean, from, from the publisher side, I'm like, ah, you know, dang it. But from the browsing side, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a data point, damn it. I'm a person. And, and I, I want to choose whether or not I am tracked like a piece of data. Right. But are you also in that camp where, you know, in your browser, don't track my data. But when you're listening, oh, you don't use music services, do you? I don't. Okay, so that doesn't work. Well, so full disclosure. But you do use Amazon. I do. And and the thing that pisses me off about Amazon is I'm a paid prime customer and they still will farm off my profile to somebody else because I see all those third-party cookies, which led me to, the, for the very first time, I downloaded a Chrome extension called Ghostery. It's very popular. That blocks everything. And then when you go to like a news site, CNN included, um, they prompt you with a, hey, we noticed you have an ad blocker. And, you know, of course, that's where you say, well, I noticed you were trying to basically <laughs> harvest everything you can about me. And um, so it, it, it's a love-hate thing right now. And honestly, I, I can't stand a product that I browsed but did not purchase on Amazon shows up on completely unrelated site and it takes up two thirds of the header as this giant image. So do you think with the proliferation of these next generation, almost current generation browsers that retargeting is going to go away as well? So there's Question. a company here in Indiana called exact target and I don't know much about them. They're out of they're Indiana. giant. Nope. Okay. They're like, they're one of the big players. And 
I think they need to <laughs> diversify. I was their... say, do you think they're freaking out right now? Because I yes. mean, that's their that's their revenue. Yes. And times have been good, guys and gals, but you might want to start diversifying your technology. Um, now, Facebook is the other one that if we could stop automated tracking and Google, I guess let's start with Google. Google would be the biggest one because Google makes their money by targeting search result ads, uh, Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics, Google Maps. Um, I don't know if the implication is Google Maps gets turned off by default. The the other weird thing is 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 somebody keeping a whitelist of what is what is bad and what is good because you can't just say any .js file because then you're breaking websites. So is somebody amassing a list at, at Mozilla saying, okay, here's here's the list of known bad guys. I mean that's what Ghostery does, and they're going to possibly shape the future of the internet. And that's also a function of market share of browsers. Sorry, Brave, you, you probably don't have a market share worth uh, spitting at. Um, but Mozilla does. Chrome is the big player. And unless Chrome adopts these sorts of things, I don't know if this is just Browser Wars V3. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the settings of this browser, and it does have the ability to block scripts, but it's not enabled by default. So that whole JavaScript thing, is still going to be, you know, like you said, unless there's a, a digest and everyone can subscribe to, it's almost going to have to be on a user by user basis. But I just keep going back to the, the marketing. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's the evil marketing that we've talked about, but then there's also the, the data that helps make websites better. Like, well, better for who, better for who? Well, 90% no that's not even all right 100% of the Fact sites checkers <laughs> no the 100% of the sites that i personally work on they're not selling anything it's not a it's not a purchaser journey it's information journey um there's no sell there's no click here to buy now there's none of that stuff but there's data that can be gathered through these tracking applications that can actually help you craft a better user experience for your very specific users. For instance, if your users are more mobile than you had originally planned for, perhaps. Well, yeah, but you can A-B test button on right, button on left, and track a class that's on the button's position, like whether it's got a class of button right or button left, and track events and see which one gets clicked more often out of a number of visits. And that that's going to help you, you know, uh, there's UI elements, UX elements. You can track the number of times a hide show element is revealed. And if, you okay. know, if there's pages where they're not being utilized. I come back, to, I come back to who makes it better for who that makes it better for everyone on the development and publisher side. But for the general user, they could give a rip whether or not they're in some AB test and the button works better on the left or the right. Have you ever right. been to a government website? <laughs> that's all that's all function, no form. Right. But if you're providing information as a service, a free service to your user audience, and your users aren't taking advantage of a UX strategy that you tried to implement, and you have tracking that says it's not effective, 
and then you change that to a more effective way to provide the information, it's a win for the user. It's not a win for the developer. Uh, I, I, maybe. I, I, I think it's not that cut and dry. Um, I, I give you exhibit A and I call it ebay.com. The damn website hasn't evolved since the year 1999 in terms of style, color, anything. It is the same damn website and they have what you want and they could give a damn on, on whether or not you care where the buttons are. Because if you ask the users, they would say this is terrible or at least me. But so, so a modern website who, who, who are worried about where button placement is not saying that's not got value, but I don't think it's, I don't think the user cares as long as they get what they want. Right. But there's certain UX that's, that's deployed or applied that prevents users from getting what they want or hinders them. So without tracking, all right, so here's a, here's a great real world example. Without tracking what your users are doing, you have a password protected site. Mm -hmm. Without tracking, you don't know that statistically you're going to lose 40 to 50% of your visitors because they simply won't be able to clear that first hurdle. But isn't, isn't that an inexact science anyway? Well, because we put the button here, that's why we lost 40% of traffic. I think that's no, you a lost stretch. 40%, you lost 40% of traffic because you put a login on your site. That's why you lost it. But you would never know that there were 500 out of 1,000 visitors who bounced from that page without tracking. Okay, so, so we, we were talking about Firefox and scripts. So we're actually specifically talking JS scripts. Bob, what did you do for tracking before you had JavaScript? I remember. Do you? No. You just did it on the server side. You had an, uh, an increment. You basically, or you read your, your server access logs. You said, okay, how many, how many people came to this page? Now, you didn't have bounce rate or any of that. The reason right. we have scripts these days is because a JavaScript thing can read your screen size. It can, it can do all these things about your browser. I mean, you can still do a lot with the user agent. But, you know, your, your screen size, you're never going to get that server side. So, but back in the day, you would just simply have an increment. You'd be like, hey, somebody came to the page. Hey, somebody came to this page. Yeah, but server logs, yeah, that was completely analog. That was traffic versus not. There's, right. But with the modern tracking, I'm just trying to say that it's not necessarily all evil. And there's going to be some serious... So what's going to happen? So the modern tracking does make for an incredibly lazy environment. Because what you would do if you didn't have the ability to track is you would pay users to come in to a focus group setting and you would videotape them using your software or your web application and then make modifications only based on that. The tracking software, the things like the hot jars of the world and the you know, Google Analytics, that gives you a way to survey all of your users technically and get massive amounts of data and feedback. So I'll agree, you know, obviously I'm being facetious here on some of this here. Uh, there's obviously good, good reasoning, but let's think about all the websites that could potentially break here. For instance, if a site uses a recaptcha and Mozilla somehow blacklists recaptcha, there's no way to get past that. You are a robot as far as <laughs> the website's concerned. There's no way to get over that. Well, and that probably gets back to your whole like... Um, you know, your whitelist, you know, your diary of whitelists that everyone agrees are fine and recapture would be on that list. 
Right. And now do you have to pay to get on the list? Well, so-and-so got whitelisted because they, they're a sponsor of Mozilla or Brave or insert browser here. You know, it just kind of creates a slippery. Well, right. But then, flow. so the only big winner in this situation is Google because, you know, reCAPTCHA is Google. There's so many services that are Google. So other, you know, if Mozilla didn't want to green light reCAPTCHA, then they'd have to come up with their own alternative. Right, because Google's not going to blacklist themselves, are they? Exactly, no. So either everyone funnels down the hill to use the browser that has the access to all the services that everybody knows and loves. Oh my God, this could be the ultimate end game. That's it. Google's charging for maps now. They're going to start charging for everything else, but they're the only browser that's going to green light all of these scripts that everyone needs to blacklist have. <laughs> oh well all right so rather than have a one size fits all blacklist why don't we have a per user blacklist so that's what ghostery essentially does yeah but you have to be a power user to know which scripts to accept and not to accept you betcha and if you blacklist one that you shouldn't have how the heck do you know as a la user to go whitelist that thing again Dude, I'm finally get, I'm getting old enough that that might even put me in jeopardy because I don't even know what's going on sometimes. Well, and then imagine that tech support call. Okay, what browser are you using? Okay, Firefox. What scripts are you blocking? You know, you know, it just it just adds to the layers of well, it works in Safari, Edge, Chrome, but not Firefox. Um, who takes that call? The the development department? I don't know. At website company <laughs> ABC? Who built this website? All right. So let's just set that aside for a moment, unless you've got an immediate thought. Um, have you ever heard of the Tor browser? I'm sorry. Say that again. Tor. T-O-R. It's an acronym. Oh, wait. Like, is it a torrent? Like a BitTorrent thing? No. Um, it's, oh. it's an acronym for the Onion Router. And what it historically is, is a hacked version of Firefox that you can download for free. So if you go... Look for, if you Google Tor browser, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and historically, it's got a lot of um, association with illegal activity, the Silk Road um, and other. Oh, it's the dark web browser of choice. It is, and the way it works. Are you are you familiar with the way it works? I I, I will skip ahead. If no, I am not familiar because I only keep my browsing on the up and up. So go ahead All and tell right. us, Kevin. So so when you put in some some website. Uh, even Google, you just want to do Google search. Um, what will happen in a normal request is that you will go through several routers, be added to several logs, your IP, yada, 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 and you finally get to Google, then they have to return a response. And um, there's, there's a huge digital footprint. Right, the trace route, basically. So if you want to use the Tor browser, step one is you, you download it. Step two is you put in Google and you do your search. When the search goes out, it goes to a random node. Think of it as a random router. And then the path that it gets to Google is like, you know, like a spy thriller where they would, you know, kind of go all these different out-of-the-way places. And, oh, by the way, your request is encrypted. So all these um, nodes in between actually can't see inside where the final destination is. And then the final... Uh, hop right before you get to Google that is unencrypted and that's the only router that knows anything about where it goes but to Google it appears it just came from that node and Google has no idea that it came from Bob who's searching strange things 
how do they pay for that? Um, you, you can run your own uh, Onion node and be a part of the network if you want. Oh, so instead of trusting big Google, you trust random dude in his basement who plays well, video games all day and runs it. You can trust that board. guy pretty easy because when you, when it leaves your browser, it's in an encrypted ball, you know, and that nobody can get into that. Now where you're putting all your trust is the people. Nobody, when nobody can get into it. Really? Nobody. It, it's designed to evade law enforcement. Is it, is it built on top of blockchain? <laughs> Maybe one day. Um, the, the people you're really putting the trust in is the hacked version of Firefox. Yeah. You know, what are they doing and how can we trust them? So uh, full disclosure, I've, I've tried it, but I, I immediately said, this looks sketch. I am not using this. And plus there's all the association with bad, you know, buying drugs on the internet. And yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same here. So um, on the spectrum of things, where I'm actually at to kind of tie this all back together is I kind of like the ghost plugin because per website, I can determine what it is I'm okay with. I can whitelist and blacklist script. Now, as you said, that means I have to be a power user. I have to know. Right, now, that's totally not for everyone. But they do a good job of saying, okay, whatever, whatever.js is actually doubleclick.net. And they categorize it as an ad network. So you can kind of, as a laser, go through the list and go, okay, ad, 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 don't need that. But what I have seen is Ghostry will sometimes prevent a website from functioning properly because um, some of these third parties that are blocked are actually imported scripts. And these websites integrate with them directly. And so sometimes you have to actually whitelist the whole site because you don't know which script it was. So you have to trust the site, hit the trust site button, do your thing, and then untrust the site, <laughs> you know, like just as quick. So that yeah. works for me. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I use incognito mode on Chrome um, a lot unless I need to log into a site um, because my LastPass extension does not work in incognito mode. Correct. No extensions do. Correct. <sighs> but now insert, the- I was going to say, insert rant about how Chrome extensions are, in fact, generally not very secure anyway. Yeah, those are totally nefarious too. Because they are basically an authorized cross-site scripting into every page you browse. Yeah. Yeah. No bueno. <laughs> why can't we just have a fun internet where people aren't jerks bob well i'm telling you uh granted i'm just a handful of hours in with this brave but it seems super zippy and not overly like i don't have to make the judgment call on a script per script basis is it open source do we know uh I- we do not know enough about the company at this point so i didn't i didn't see a revenue model i didn't see a pricing so i'm assuming it's Free yeah, for there's good? definitely not a there's definitely not a rev a price I don't think uh the, well all right so that brings up something interesting that I do want to bring up that's pretty cool um great segue uh so they <laughs> so they have this thing called Brave Books I don't know what they call oh man they're really trying too hard with this branding no 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 so check this out so uh give some back support your favorite sites with Brave's blockchain-based tokens called basic attention tokens. Uh-oh, wait, are, are these 
these coins for the stupid browser, like uh, a crypto coin? They're not coins, they're tokens. Blockchain-based tokens that you can use to pay. Activate Brave Payments. Here we go. And give a little back to the sites you frequent most. Help fund the content you love, even when you block ads. So this is the whole thing with Brave. You can use Brave Payments to choose a contribution amount that works for you from a few dollars a month. So it's almost got like Patreon built in. Mm. Blockchain Patreon. Um, So yeah, it's... uh, it's interesting. So that's their revenue model. Well, okay. So so I'm oh, on page. even buy your own servers. Over ten thousand publishers and content creators have registered. Well, let's explore that real quick. Micro support for is there a term for all this? Like Patreon? Is there like a micro support? What is the like the holistic view of that sort of thing? So anyway, it's 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 a it's a support model. So I've I've supported projects on Patreon, and it's nice because Patreon kind of you know rolls up all my supported stuff and takes out one payment and then distributes the money. But are we to believe that the future is, well, I need to make a payment here. I need to make a payment there. I need to make a payment over there. Everything I want to support in these distributed payments. I mean, that just seems cumbersome and fraught with, yeah. Let me ask you this, Bob. Bob, are you going to sign up and and when you see on your credit card statement each month, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, are you going to be like, Hell yeah, I support Brave. Now, I'm probably not going to turn that feature on. I mean, because you know they're making a cut. That's their thing. Like, that's anyone's thing. They're going to use their payment provider. I, I get that Brave is doing their thing, and they want to fund this, and I don't want to pee in that Kool-Aid, so to speak. <laughs> but... Uh, do we need yet another browser, or should we fix the ones we got? Hmm. Hmm. That is an interesting big picture question based on some things that you've said earlier today. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to go with, we need new browsers because fixing the ones we've got means that you think we can fix Facebook and Google. Can we? Hmm. Great question. Because (laughs) uh, what, what happened today, Bob, who, who was the mysterious person? Entity that did not show up to the Senate hearings today. Who was that? That would have been uh, Google, Kevin. That is correct. <laughs> Bob and I played a drinking game. Ding. <laughs> Every time uh, a senator would say, you know, something about how Google wasn't there, we would ping each Drink. other on on Slack. Now, of course, we weren't actually drinking. Uh, full disclosure, uh, people we work for, uh, but it was in jest because because we'd people, be smashed if we yeah were. we would be uh, we wouldn't be able to do this pod right now. Um, so yeah, Google didn't show up. So along those lines, I don't think Google wants to fix anything. And I saw a really good tweet, and I, th- I think I've talked about it before, where how Microsoft and Google have traded places. It's, it's like sounds like a really like crazy movie. No, yeah. Google is totally evil right now. Microsoft's like kumbaya. My brother-in-law, he doesn't follow tech, but he he knows enough from the 90s and the early 2000s where I tell him I'm a .NET Microsoft developer. He's like, oh, .NET? Oh, my. Or Microsoft? Aren't they a bunch of, and insert bunch of explicatives here. And I'm like, actually, I found myself defending him. I'm like, you know what? That was the old guard. The new guard is, you're describing Google now. And the 
the new Microsoft actually comes out smelling like roses right now. And that's just nuts to say, you know, if you were to go back in the time machine 20 years ago, 15 years ago. So no, I don't think Google wants to fix the problem. Google is the one doing defense contracts, having this inner revolt. Oh yeah. No, even some senators referenced like that. It was basically a giant fuck you for them not showing up and that they're doing work with defense contractors and they have servers in China and all this kind of stuff that, you know, really Facebook and Twitter don't. They Google, I'm going to rant about Google here. Google offers a free product for a long time, then decides to say, you know what? Now that we've got you hooked, Maps, um, we're going to pay, have you pay for it. And then, right. um, oh, we have this thing called uh, uh, Google Sheets and Docs, you know, all, all that stuff. I fully expect one day for them to say, okay, you've got a 10 doc limit. And if you want to unlock more, it's like, what? <sighs> Come on, you know. I don't really? think you can get a free Gmail account anymore, can you? Well, and they scan your Gmail. That's why I can't stand having to use any sort of Google Mail because they are known to scan your email for keywords and things like that. Um, they, they famously have things like FeedBurner that were just dropped. They have uh, AngularJS, which was great. Then they turned it into Angular 2+, whatever that's called, and handled that pretty poorly. So I would say Google right now it would be the poster child of tech companies that aren't your friend. And, and I wouldn't have said that 15 years ago. I would have said that about Microsoft. And I'm using Chrome right now, and I'm really hoping you know, that the new Firefox, you know, I've seen a lot of developers say the new fire, you know, Firefox, you know, they left it, they went to Chrome, now they're back to Firefox. But that was like a year ago where a lot of people were saying, I never went back, but man, I'm starting to think, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I should. It does seem to be a slowing down again. It does seem to be getting a little gunky and. Well, you have to have, so I have an external battery for my phone. If I want to run Chrome on my laptop, I have to have external RAM plugged into my laptop because they, have you ever had, uh, task manager? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now a lot of that is uh, electrons. So I run Slack, which is really, oh, that's another, you know, Chrome really is your Slack app just with a skin on it. I don't know if you knew that. So, Wait, so that is a Chrome instance, the Slack app is? Yeah, there's something called Electron, which is basically, hey, would you like to make a desktop app that uses HTML, CSS, and JavaScript? We'll create a packager, and it's really just running Chrome. And that's why when you hit your task manager, there's a gajillion things running. Oh. So oh, anyway. Moment for Bob. Ding, 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 ding. So Chrome is wide freaking spread. Um, and I would like to get that one fixed. But again, we now we're we're segueing into Kevin thinks Facebook and Google are too big for their own good, and actually they're not too big for their own good. They're too big for our own good. Is probably oh, the way. So, yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Most of the people out there using it will have no concept of that. But but how is so you can separate Chrome from Google though? Um. Actually, Facebook's easier to dissect. Uh, so if we take Facebook and say, you got to sell off WhatsApp and Instagram, I think that's the, the easy play right there. And if I were to look at Google, I might look at them and go, well, I need you to inventory all your offerings and uh, maps 
uh, your so your, technically we'd be taking a hard look at Alphabet at that point then, not because Google is just one of Alphabet's holdings, right? Um, yes, I'm not a legal eagle to figure out you know where to figure that, but all as I know is, let me ask you this, Bob: If you start a tech company tomorrow, do you feel like you could compete against Google eventually? Nope. You you feel like there's no hope that you will ever be able to take a significant market share of whatever it is Google might be doing. Nope. I think your business model at that point would be hope that they notice you and buy you. Which makes the problem even worse for the next guy or gal. But that's your business model. You're never going to, you're not going to David and Goliath them. You're just going to hope to get picked for their team. But I think it's the Justice Department who has to approve mergers where it might stifle competition. It might be the FTC involved too and all that. But, you know... Yeah, but I think you have to be on their radar even to get that treatment. Well, I mean, I'm sure Google's got people scouting. Are you telling me that Facebook acquiring Instagram wasn't, or WhatsApp was not on anyone's radar? And, and actually, the answer is probably it wasn't because it happened. I guarantee, I, think- I guarantee that they weren't because nobody looked at those as reducing competition well i I, one is pictures and one is words so i know this i know this i knew this guy and he's actually a really cool guy he he always says data is the new oil (laughs) and if we oh wait that's you bob (laughs) i don't think that's mine but i do say it a lot so you know back in the day when we had i think it was rockefeller it was rockefeller the standard oil um they had the monopoly and they had to break up big oil and they had to break up uh, AT&T because at some point... Because they Bell got the ill communication. They consume everything and there's just no more competition. So I think what we are here in America is asleep at the wheel when it comes to digital monopoly. I heard a lot of senators reference that today is like the general public and the general government public not fully understanding everything that's going on and And relying on people like the ones sitting at the hearings to fill in the gaps. And if you, if you were to go back to the early 20th century, whenever they broke up standard oil, would you say the lay person would understand the oil business and why it is good or why we had to break it up? And I don't think they would. No, not at all. Because the way that the big advertising spins all that is that, if I'm a giant company that can bring everything you could possibly ever want under one brand, it's going to be the best world for everyone. And then and we have the whole problem of patents because all these big companies buy up all these patents and they either sit on them or they sue the shit out of you. Um, or, for, they just take a, or they just take a royalty one way or the other and get paid. And it's, it's just worse and worse and worse uh, for everyone. And it's, it's like the oil companies buying up hydrogen and uh, combustion engine technology. So that will never be a threat to, you know, gasoline engine, et cetera. So um, I really think. <laughs> Tinfoil we, hats, firmly yeah, planted. <laughs> totally. God, we do sound crazy. Um, no, no, we sound informed. Uh, I think I think we'll have to let our loyal listener, singular, uh, <laughs> be the judge. All the dozens of our, the many dozens of our listeners. Hey, man, the numbers are slowly creeping up. Yeah. Oh, God. That, then what happens? We can't track listens on the podcast now that everything's going to be? Uh, you can, I think, because that's a simple download. And the, no script is required. 
Hmm. So we could get those from the server. But you're right. Okay, let's look at our. Okay, let's 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 be fair here. We look at our podcast stats, right? Some of us all the time. <laughs> what's the one thing that you're, or what's the one or a couple things that you're like, gosh, I'm glad we have X information on. What, what's the what's the thing? Is it mobile? The number of downloads? It's Actually, the one thing that I wish we had with podcasts that we had with um the YouTube experience was the listen minutes. We don't get that with the podcasting, I don't think. Or I haven't we, found it. We don't because you're essentially downloading a file and you can listen True, to it offline. There's no trace after that, right? It's a download and then listen. Well, that YouTube uh, watch minutes is a mind screw to me because <laughs> it's basically like, oh, look, somebody clicked on my video and then went up and clicked on somebody getting kicked in the nuts video because that looked more interesting. You know, <laughs> so the attention span was just like, ah, not there. Well, so. Hey, that one listener out there that's listening right now, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you know, just hit us at Bob and Kevin show on Twitter and let us know that you made it to minute 48 or whatever this is right now. Yes. We just would really love to know. <laughs> Do people actually listen this deep? So, okay. So that's so a good one. The one, the one that I look at, and I think it's cause you've taught me this is I just kind of look at the trend over time. Like we both got super excited in August because we eclipsed the number of listens from July. So like, that's a big one, like the trend. I like to see the trend. So if we were to take away every metric, and by the way, what you can see on our pod stats is what location, browser type. Oh, Used gosh. to be IP, but they changed that recently with privacy yeah, laws. So you know, there's not, not a whole lot of metrics. And the only one that I really give a shit about is, is anyone listening to us. And that's the download count. And so if you took it all away except for that one, I think I'd be okay. Here's a question though. In my, wow, we are going all over the place now. In my Apple podcast app, I have it set to download X number of episodes of every podcast that's in my catcher. Does that count as a listen? I don't know. <laughs> but honestly, I don't care. I'm just happy... If someone from Podbean could reach out to us at uh, Bob at Bob and Kevin Show dot com, uh, just uh, or just find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. <laughs> so if we were to take away one hundred percent of our analytics, we would probably be purely doing this for nothing more than sheer. We want to do this. Well, just, for the record, I'm pretty much right there anyway. So, okay, and then so the only reason you the stats are important is to to have a little bit of self-gratification that yes, people might be listening and B, whether or not it's marketable. And right now it's not, yeah. <laughs> and it probably won't be. I'm, I'm a very much of a goal setter type person. So like on a driving trip, I like, especially if it's a trip I make all the time, like going down to Indiana, I have mile marker goals in mm -hmm. my mind, just to, you know, if, if it's a good traffic day, bad traffic day, if I'm making good pace, but like, I don't get, I mean, yes, I guess I'm creating my own dopamine mechanism by setting that goal, but that's the way the analytics are for me. It's just, it's not really any kind of validation other than I'm setting a target and I'm seeing if I can hit it. And we do our own A-B testing because we do, we try cold opens, we try artwork, we try new logos, we try whatever. And <laughs> we're kind of lazy. Kevin won't let me do clickbait the way I want to, though. But 
<laughs> you won't have you won't guess what happens next you'll yeah. never guess what happens next uh, um bob so, and I mean, kevin I, have a fight <laughs> analytics are useful i'm not saying they aren't but i'm also saying at some point you can build a profile against me that's actually threatening and let's take fake user number one fake user number one goes to all the special adult sites and uh you know patterns emerge and 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 you could, that could be turned into a blackmail now google may pull this information on you just just they want to know but what happens if google say gets hacked or company x who who's really small gets hacked but has all this information on you and all this information gets leaked so at what point do we say you know what that's off limits you shouldn't be tracking that sort of information about somebody because not that it, despite every effort your company is doing to protect it, A, it gets breached um, from a hacker, but a lot of the, the hack jobs are from the inside. What's to stop, you know, Fred, who works at that company, from just downloading the production database onto a thumb drive and it goes through all the layers of security. Nobody knows about it for six months. And by the way, when I was in the military, that was our biggest threat, inside jobs. It wasn't. Oh, always, always. Yeah, so... That's that's what I get worried about. You don't don't collect information because a your staff is going to rotate, and people are going to f- kind of forget about the security, and you know things get missed, and then you're going to eventually have snake eyes if you roll the dice come up, and then you're going to have that rogue employee go. You know what? I know what I can I can make a buck on this. You know that's that's or not even me. make a buck, just hurt a bunch of people, hurt my employer. True. Absolutely. So it's the principle of least privilege that we have in security. So I'm only going to give you permission to what you need, Bob, and nothing more. I think we should apply that to privacy too. Only take what you need from me and nothing more. And if you don't need it, throw it away for the love of God. Yeah, but where is that discourse going to happen? Who's going to make the decision of what's what's vital and what's not? Well, let's take two boardrooms. The boardroom of Bob and Kevin, who are doing marketing sites, we're like, yeah, we're we're literally just we just want to know how many people are coming here. And then we have Facebook on the other end going, yeah, we need to know all this about you because we're going to match you with a bunch of advertisers, and this is our meal ticket. So that both of them are going to justify we need this data set. However, one of them is at much higher risk of of what could happen? You know, if your Google Analytics for the Bob and Kevin boardroom gets leaked, very little, you know, okay, whatever. But if if all this information at Facebook, and they even mentioned it today, that they have so much information on all of us, it's a national security threat. I did hear that one. That was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, because most of these people that are in our government in these top positions, they're on that stuff too. Their data's in Facebook, guaranteed. Our commander in chief of the United States of America. <laughs> oh yeah, love, I forgot about that knucklehead. <laughs> love him or hate him, his official way to communicate to the world is is social media. It is. On I hereby tweet. <laughs> yes. Um, so to to say that, because the argument was is well, if you don't like these platforms, don't get on them. Well, my 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 president has chosen one of these platforms, and I guess I need to be on if I want to listen to what he's got to say, right? So it's a really strange dynamic. Luckily, and they put them all out as press releases now, though. That rule's been enacted. 
Facebook, you know, so my church is on Facebook and they have a, their own website. They put a lot of stuff on their Facebook. Good for them. But you know, I don't have Facebook, so I can't get to any of that information. So there's a lot of indirect peer pressure to sign up for Facebook and accept all of these terms and regular uh, terms of service and all this just so I can see what time sermon is on Sunday, you know, 20, 20 ads and trackers were blocked on Facebook. Just so you know, 20. Did you download something or you're using brave still using brave. Nice. Yeah. So ghostry does the same thing for Chrome. That's why that's another question. Is it the responsibility of a plugin or the responsibility of the browser? So we almost get down to, hey, Jack Dorsey, is it the responsibility of your platform to police the content or is it just the town hall or town square discussion that you're talking they about? They got into that a lot today of where they, where they cross the line of being a provider of a service or provider of content. And Jack, it got a little sticky because they do curated stuff and things like that. So... I think the noble position is, oh, well, you guys can say whatever you want. It's a town square. You do your thing. But I think the reality is, is now we have to, we are humans and we have to have some level of decorum. And as soon as you go down that route, um, and which I, the route, that's the route I would choose. You start choosing winners and losers. It, it's yep. just, it's just fact. And he got asked what his political affiliations were today toward the end as well, because they're concerned about some of the, moderation decisions that are being made so so question for you bob is it possible to have no bias nope not possible at all 100 percent agree with you and so when Until you start the machines take over <laughs> <laughs> so when you start um down the path of okay we're gonna block you we're not gonna block you the only way you can make those calls in my humble opinion is to pull together your prior your prior experiences look at what your peers are doing and make a decision, and that is ripe with bias, and I'm okay with that. Right, but bias isn't, shouldn't be a dirty word. Right, but the leadership of the organization will set that tone and set that bias. So today's Twitter, where certain things are being shut down, could be completely different if new leadership takes over. So then, where is the where, where's the brand of the moderation then? Ooh, so. The, uh, the the good gentleman from Ohio, and I think his name might have been Johnson, um, and sorry if I got that wrong, uh, he said he was a software engineer in a former life, and he'd writ- written thousands of algorithms over the Oh, years. is that the guy that you said you really liked? Yeah, I'm like, hey, I kind of like this guy. <laughs> and for the record, I don't know what party is. I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to look him up after this. Um, oh, Bob's going to do it right now. Gosh, No, no, I just okay. folded my hands. Okay. <laughs> I can see Bob, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, so... He had said, you know, when you write an algorithm, you write it based on how you think to solve a problem, essentially. And there's almost no way to code morality or right or wrong in an algorithm. And I totally, totally, totally get that. And so when we... But you, can, but you could code bias into an algorithm. Yeah. Well, without a doubt, there will be bias in your algorithm, especially the more lines of code you get. <laughs> you know, there's more and more bias. But doesn't the repetition of bias then indicate morality? Or not morality, but choice. If there's enough bias, if the branching of the algorithm, your yes then no scenarios become right then wrong scenarios, that actually does create not just a bias, but a pattern of moral choice. 
totally agree. So I'm I'm re- I'm I'm reading 1984 right now. Spoiler alert: If you haven't uh, read the book and you want to go ahead and turn off now, which no, I really don't want you to turn off because the book was written in 1949 for crying out loud. All right. So one of the, one of the key themes in the book is they rewrite the past. So over and over and over when they decide that they're no longer at war with one country, they're now at war with the other. They actually go back and rewrite their history and say, no, we've always been at war with the, the, the country we're, we're at war with. Or when somebody disappears, you know, they, they, they kill off somebody who is a threat to the party. They go back and they rewrite all the articles that had the picture on the tennis team. That person is an unperson now. And so what I'm, what I'm getting at here is we're in a society where we, we like to, we have a revisionist history. We like to think there's no bias, but there totally is. And your team is always losing. And fight 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 the machine that's the 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 world we live in and i don't think we're going to solve any of this anytime soon so let me put it to you bob uh how do we solve it because i can't figure it out (laughs) well as with many of an episode here on the bob and kevin show we actually have not solved any problems and probably just shined a tiny little flashlight on the in the you know the just tippy top surface of the iceberg well, problem. At least we kept the kept the streak alive. We yes. have not solved any of your problems, dear listener. We are betting a thousand. Now we did come <laughs> up with some pretty interesting recommendations for browser plugins, browsers to check out, things to explore along that nature. Um, my last statement is that I no longer believe that there are any purveyors of truth. There are only creators and curators of truth. And truth is versioned. <laughs> yes, it is. Totally. That's what I have to say. All right, Bob, I think we're, we're getting uh, to the end here. And so we only have one more order of business, and that is to bring the real life.